Luke chapter 1. I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed that thoroughly. That was a blessing. We are planning for our grand opening. We're trying to build something eternal. And I hope that that you will invite people. Today, of course, we celebrate Mother's Day. And it is a a man-made celebration. There's nothing in the Bible about Mother's Day. But the Bible has a lot to say about mothers. The Bible has a lot to say about fathers. And what I want to do today is I want to encourage our mothers by through the example of a very important mother. How many of you have heard of Mary? Have any of you heard of, heard of Mary? And it seems like we only talk about her at Christmas time, so I thought this would be a good time for us to look. I want us to learn some lessons from Mary on Mother's Day. Some lessons from Mary on Mother's Day. Look at Luke chapter 1 with me. And let's start reading in verse 46. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are Bibles. Just look under the chair in front of you. And we're in Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Lord, help us as we study your word this morning. Lord, I pray there are some practical things, but also some very profound things from your word. Lord, help our mothers today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know that any parent, mother or father, I don't know that we ever feel like, you know, we've got this thing licked. You know, I I am the best dad or I am the best mom. I have all the answers. No, I think we've all met somebody like that, haven't we? Mother-in-law. I shouldn't tell mother-in-law jokes on, on these days. I think you all might know this, though. Behind every great man is a surprised mother-in-law. Have you ever heard that? What are some lessons that we can learn from Mary today? First, every mother thinks her child is perfect, but Mary was right. Jesus Christ, the sinless Savior. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus' brothers and sisters? You know, James, his brother, and we have all of this. We know that in the book of Mark, it says that we have his... Look at Mark chapter 6. Keep keep Luke 1, but look at Mark chapter 6. Verse 2, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. This is Jesus. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? They couldn't figure out how he was doing these things. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? 
And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. So can you imagine being compared to Jesus all your life? When Mary would say to his brothers, why can't you be more like Jesus? Can you imagine what that was like? So Mary, every mother thinks her child is perfect, but Mary was right. I want us to learn some things from Mary today, though. And look at back in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. The Bible says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Why did, did Mary find favor with God? Well, first of all, because of her purity. Her purity. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 7.14. It's there on the screen for you. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, that's quite a sign for a virgin to conceive and bear a son. That was a miracle of God. But in order for her to be the mother of Jesus, she had to be a pure young woman. She had to be pure. And I do believe that we live in an age when purity is not valued as it ought to be. Amen? I think that that, that's something that ought to be exalted is purity. Uh, I want all of you young ladies to be able to go into your marriage pure, to be holy. That's the kind of woman that Mary was. And you mothers, it's vital for you to understand what an important component you have in the purity of your home. You see, if you have daughters, the clothing that your daughters wear or, or the, the activities that your children are involved in, at some point, mom needs to say, not in my house. That's not going to happen here. And we understand dads need to say that, not in my house. That's not going to happen in my house. And I'm sure all of you growing up have heard that from your parents. This is not going to happen here. But what is the baseline for the behavior of your children? Mothers, the baseline has to be purity. The holiness of God and what God has revealed in the scriptures about our behavior, about who we are, about the world around us. Mary was very much a very special person. And the first lesson we need to learn from Mary is the fact that she was pure. But I want you to notice something. I think this is so interesting. Though she, though pure, she still needed a savior. Look at verse 47. Here's what Mary is praying. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, your Savior. Is that what it says? Here, look at the verse again. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God. What's that next word? See, Mary was pure. She was a godly young lady, and yet she needed a Savior. That's the same thing for all of us. The Bible says that none of us are good. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means. Every person in the world is a sinner. Mary recognized that she needed a Savior, though pure. She needed a Savior. So the first lesson that we can learn from the life of Mary is just purity. So I would ask you ladies this. Again, all of you moms, this idea of purity, what do you put before your eyes? What kind of a model are you for your children? What kind of a model are you for those around you? Mary's purity was obvious. 
Christian ladies, that purity, it is vital. Now, here's the good thing about God. (laughs) That's a silly statement, right? Let me give you one good thing about God that I'd like to mention right here. And that is this. So let's say that you were not pure in the past. Through the grace of God, you can be pure from here on out. Isn't that wonderful? I love it that the Christian life is not a history lesson. That the Christian life is in the here and now, and that God has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ has redeemed us. He saved us, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You might not have a pure past, but you can have a pure present and a pure future. The thing that one of the identifying marks of Mary that allowed her to be the mother of Jesus Christ was her purity. And though pure, she still needed a savior. So ladies, moms, I know that some of you are the, you're the best mom that any kid could ever want to have. From a human perspective, you're good people. You do a good job. You're responsible. But are you saved? Do you know that if you died today, you're going to heaven? Do you know for sure that heaven is your home? See, your good works can't take you to heaven. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. We're going to see that here in our text in a minute. Though pure, she still needed a savior. Not only do we see her purity that marked her, but we also see her surrender. Now, we're not told what she looked like. Wouldn't you like to know? I I want to see these people. Uh, I I was preaching recently about Samson. I'd love to know what Samson looked like. I'd love to know what Mary looked like. We're not told what she looked like, but she did possess a rare beauty of character. And we see that in the way that God used her. She possessed a rare beauty of character. Look at verse 29. I want you to notice something. So this angel appears to her. And look at what it says in verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Now, I want you to notice something. Her her character, her demeanor, the casting of the mind. We don't see her going crazy. We don't see her freaking out because this angel has appeared. Now, now see, if it was me and an angel appeared before me and started talking to me, especially if he said, blessed art thou among women, I'd wonder what in the world is going on. But imagine, there's no comment in the scripture about her reaction to the angel's appearance. She reacted to what he said. And the reaction was not with a freaking out, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? I don't know. It was a quiet casting about in her mind. This is the character that she had. She was in control of herself. And she, she was able to process what was going on, even though, how many of you think that maybe this was an extreme situation? An unusual situation. But her character was such that she was in control. I'll never forget, I was about 19 years old. I was driving my mom to the grocery store. And... 
So we're driving down just a two-lane road, and there were some railroad tracks, and it was one of those kinds of tracks that goes up like this. There was no gate, and a train was coming, a garbage truck, one of the kind that was like a semi on the front with a huge thing in the back, tried to beat the train. There was a car in front of us, then my car. The truck was coming from the other direction, and I watched it. It looked like it was in slow motion. The train hit the back of that garbage truck, and then... That it carried the dump truck part of it down the tracks. And the semi came and ran over the car in front of us. We got out and I went and looked in that car. And I'll never forget it. The steering wheel, the steering column had broken and had gone through the leg of the person. And there was a person in the back and their head was just hanging sideways like this. Blood everywhere. There had been a man riding on the back of the truck. You know, he'd be throwing the cans in. And he had jumped off. And he was running around screaming and cussing and mad while there are people that are hurt in the car. My mother got out of the car. I looked in. I wanted to pass out. I didn't have any idea what to do. My mother took charge of the situation just like that. She told that man, she walked up to me, you need to sit down and be quiet right now. Sit down. And she got in the car and started helping those people. We got help there. When I think of that kind of quiet self-control and power, those are the kinds of ladies that we need our mothers to be. There's nothing stronger than a strong mother. That kind of personal character where the situation doesn't overpower the character of the mother. I'll never forget watching my mom in that situation. I'd never seen her like that. I usually saw her chasing us around with a spoon or something. But I had never seen her in that situation, in that kind of a situation. And I was so impressed with her. That's this, this casting of the mind, the character that she had. She's troubled. Back here, she is troubled. But instead of any display of excitement or of alarm... There is only the quiet, self-possessed casting of the mind. I don't know about you all. I think that the greatest battle that any of us face is the battle of our mind. Are we in control? All of us are going to face difficult situations, whether with children or careers or health or any of these things, finances. We're all going to run into these things. What is the, what is the reputation that you have with your children and grandchildren? Are you the mother that's always freaking out? Are you the mother that starts screaming and that everybody has to be careful because mom's going to go nuts in this situation? Or are you the kind of mother that no matter what's coming along, your parents can say mom's going to be okay? That quiet casting of the mind. Lessons. How many of you think that's a lesson we can learn from Mary? All of us, male, female, all of us. We need to learn that lesson. Then notice what she said. This is that submission. She said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Do you see that in verse 38? And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She was a willing servant of Almighty God. So moms, here is a great prayer for you to pray. God, I'm here. Do with me what you will. What do you want for me to do? Have you ever been in a situation, moms, where, where your kids, you're just overwhelmed and you really don't know what to do next? 
Uh, honestly, the hardest thing that a dad ever does is take mom's place for a little while. Guys, you all admit that? You, of course, my kids always liked it because when I cooked, it was McDonald's or pizza or, or you know, whatever. But the, the idea of a dad trying to do everything that the mom does, uh, ladies, I don't have any idea how you do it. I don't know how Laura works a job and keeps the home and things are always ready. Everything is done. I don't, I don't know how you ladies do that. But I know that in that, there are many times when you feel so overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. Here's what you need to do. You need to do what Mary did. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. God, I'm here. What do you want? This situation, I don't know how to handle this situation. God, I need your help here. What do you want me to do? Do you know that God has a purpose and a plan for every one of us? Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God has a plan for you. And you ladies, I know there are times when you are overwhelmed. I don't know how you do it. Some of you, your children are six years old. It's time to potty train. (laughs) You run into something. You say, what in the world are we supposed to do in this situation? How is this going to be ready? How am I going to deal with this? You know, when it's a 30 waist, it's time to stop using the the pull-ups. Come on, you can laugh. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, man, some of the nursery workers there say, oh, my goodness, what is that? So she was a willing servant of Almighty God. Then notice what she says here. Verse 38 again. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Ladies, when you are in a situation, you don't know what to do. God has the answer for you in his word. And here's the idea. The idea is for you to know those answers before the problem comes. If you are already living your life, if you're establishing your home and establishing your life on the foundation of God's word, then when the trouble comes, the decisions are already made. You already know the direction to go. Notice what I have here on the screen. This should be the prayer of every godly woman. Be it unto me according to thy word. God, I want to be in line with your word. I know there's a lot of things on TV that tell you how to be a good mother. There's all kinds of advice from the world on how to be a good mother. If that advice agrees with the word of God, do it. If that advice disagrees with the word of God, then here's your prayer. Be it unto me according to thy word. Lessons from Mary. So her purity, and even though pure, she needed a savior. And then her surrender to God, be it unto me, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, her purity and her surrender. But not only that, her confession, her confession. Now, we read her confession a minute ago. Look at verse 46, you'll see where it starts. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Sometimes this is called the Magnificat, based on that word magnify. But what she is saying is in response to the prophecy of Elizabeth and what Elizabeth had prophesied. So look at verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias or Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice. So she's filled with the Holy Ghost. And now she has a message from God and said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Now look at this. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord 
should come unto me. Notice what I said a little while ago. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mary said, God, my Savior. What does Elizabeth say? The mother of my Lord. Elizabeth needed a Savior as well. We all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. But now look at what it says in verse 44. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. So John the Baptist leapt in the womb when he heard Mary's voice because he knew. He was separated to God from the womb. John was a very special young man. And even before he was born, he was testifying of Jesus Christ. Then look at what it says in verse 44 again. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So what is Elizabeth doing? Elizabeth is affirming the message of God to Mary. So a couple of things before we get into Mary's confession and her response. Ladies, I wonder how many of you can be an Elizabeth to a Mary. Where God has told a young woman that he's going to do something in her life. God has a plan for a young woman. And God is working in that young woman's life. And she comes to you. And you get to tell that young lady, you know what? Everything God has promised in his word for you, he'll do it. If you will be obedient to God's word, I promise it will be good for you. See, one of the problems that happens is a young lady wants to serve God and some older Christian lady will sometimes undermine that, will sometimes take away the leading of the Holy Spirit by giving advice that is contrary to the word of God. And you ladies, some of you ladies need to be in Elizabeth where you are encouraging these young ladies to continue to serve God and to believe what God has said about their lives. Amen? Man, we need these ladies, you older ladies, and you're doing this. I'm thankful that you're doing it. But some of you others, you have this opportunity to be a great influence on these young ladies that are right here. Praise God for that. But what did Mary confess? Her confession was in response to Elizabeth's prophecy. So let's look at some things that she confessed. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Do you see that in verse 46 again? My soul doth magnify the Lord. Magnify means to make conspicuous, to make, to make big, to magnify. Look at this. Look at God. Her soul is magnifying the Lord. I wonder for us, is that what we are doing or are we magnifying our problems? Are we magnifying our situation? Are we magnifying ourselves? Are we magnifying God? She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And then she confessed some things. Oh, I want, oh this was good. I almost missed this. Who did Mary make conspicuous? The Lord, not herself. How many of you know people that are always trying to draw attention to themselves? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's really quiet in here. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? People that are trying to draw attention to themselves. How many of you remember, um, oh, what was her name? Tammy Baker. Y'all remember Tammy Baker? Did y'all hear what happened when they took the makeoff off her? You know what they found? Jimmy Hoffa. I think that's just not true. She was drawing attention to herself. We all know ladies who are doing that. They're drawing attention to themselves. Mary didn't want to draw attention to herself. 
She wanted to magnify the Lord. Isn't that what we all ought to do? Magnify the Lord in our lives. She made the Lord conspicuous. Then look at her confession. Mary praised the Lord for some specific things. Look at the first thing. It is a confession of God's divine power. It's a confession of God's divine power. Verse 49 says, He that is mighty hath done great things. Verse 51, He hath shown strength with his arm. Do you know what happens when we brag on God? It gives us confidence in God. Now, imagine what God has just told her. She's going to be the mother of a child without a man, and that child is going to be the Savior of the world. How many of you think that's a pretty heavy responsibility? So what she is doing is she is acknowledging he hath done great things. He hath showed the strength of his arm. When God asks you to do something, you need to believe that he is powerful enough to see it through. It's not you that's going to do it. It's him that's going to do it through you. And so her confession is the divine power of God. Not only that, but it's a confession of his divine holiness. A confession of his divine holiness. Holy is his name in verse 49. He hath scattered the proud in verses 51 and 52. God is holy. Now, remember, we talked about her purity. Now, in order for her to remain pure, she needs to believe in a holy and a righteous God who cares about her purity. God is holy. He is holy. That's her confession. You know, we live in a time when people are trying to make God just like us. I don't want a God that's like me. I'm not that great. I need a God that's holy, and he is. We need to acknowledge that. Not only that, but it's a confession of God's divine mercy. Look at verse 50. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Remember we quoted the verse a minute ago? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. You see, Mary, this confession, it's a confession of God's divine mercy. And I got to tell you, folks, none of us deserve it, but we all need it. We all need God's mercy then not only was it that, but it's a confession of God's divine faithfulness. Look at verse 53. It's pretty interesting. This passage, starting in verse 53, this is a prophecy of what's going to happen when Jesus Christ comes to rule and reign on the earth. So it says, He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He hath sent away empty. Tribulation period, the only way you can buy or sell is with the mark of the beast, and God's going to feed His people. He's going to feed His people. And then, look at what it says in verse 54. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And then verse 55, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. God is faithful. He is. How many of you believe that God's faithful? Do you believe that? Ladies, when your life gets so overwhelmed, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough patience, God has everything you need. You need to confess his faithfulness. And I wonder, I want you to think about something. Mary, these lessons from Mary that we're learning, her purity, her surrender, and her confession, if someone were to describe you, would they describe, boy, she is a holy lady. I would never say that around her. I would never do that around her. That's interesting, isn't it? That's the reputation that you need to have. And then... Her surrender. She was surrendered to the Lord and to his word. She was surrendered to the Lord and to his word. I wonder, ladies, if everyone knows that the authority in your life is the word of God. Everything that you do, 
is based on the word of God. And then her confession. Remember what your confession is. Your confession is what you say. It's what you profess. In your conversation, is God faithful? The God that you worship, if someone knew you by the way that you talk about your circumstances, would they say that your God is faithful or that your God has left you alone? How about his power? I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. But I know that God's going to deliver me. Do you believe in the power of God? And is that evident? Is that evident in your confession? Do you believe that he is powerful? Do you believe that he is holy? Do you believe that he is merciful? Does that come out in your speech? Do we even consider him? Lessons from Mary, her purity, her surrender, and her confession. Lessons from Mary on Mother's Day. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, these ladies that you have brought to Grace Baptist Church are so special They are so gifted, they're so strong.